Good morning. I'm the Reverend Jacqueline Sheldon from St. Paul's Episcopal Church at 220 Valley Street in Willimantic, and I'm so glad to be with you on this third Sunday of our Easter Reflections. Let's start with a prayer. Oh, holy and gracious one, how grateful we are that you came to this earth willing to take on our human existence so that we could know your perfect love. Fill us this day with such joy of your love that we might trust and obey and answer the call of God to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul and our neighbors as ourselves. Amen. Our gospel reading this morning comes from Luke's gospel, the 24th chapter. Now on that same day, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you're walking along? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides this, it's now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it, just as the woman said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in scriptures. As they came near to the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he was going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it's almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening up the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he's appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road 
and how he had been known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Amen. One of the major elements in the resurrection stories is about trusting and obeying. Before Jesus' death and resurrection, many people believed in the powerful presence of Jesus through his astounding acts of healing and his profound teaching. And like our pilgrims on the road to Emmaus, they hoped he was the one to save Israel. Listen again carefully to what they told Jesus and let yourself hear the impact of how the people felt about what happened to Jesus and who they thought he might be. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place in these days? He asked him, what things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all of this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Crushed and devastated, three days after Jesus' death, we can only imagine they were making their way home to pick up the pieces of their shattered hopes and dreams. If Jesus is to redeem the world, to bring true salvation as the Messiah, his followers must believe in him completely in order to obey his commands to love God with all their hearts, minds, soul, and strength, and to love one another as themselves, just as Jesus loved them when he was physically present to them and continues to love them through eternity. I want to talk about this word, obedience. We have such a negative view of what it means to obey. When we think of obedience, we think of someone with power giving orders to another without it. We think of following orders because we don't have a choice. We think of doing things others say are good for us, but we question the value of those directives. We think of the great distance between the one who commands and the one who must follow. The word obedience almost always implies that someone is in a position to impose his or her will on another. This is why we have a difficulty with obedience, but that is not what Jesus shows us. It is not what he reveals. And I'd like to share this quote with you from the book called Compassion by Henry J.M. Nowen, Donald P. McNeil, and Douglas A. Morrison. Listen to this piece. None of the negative associations with obedience belongs to the obedience of Jesus Christ. The obedience of Jesus is hearing God's loving word and responding to it. The word obedience is derived from the Latin word adir, which means to listen. Obedience, as it is embodied in Jesus Christ, is a total listening, 
a giving attention with no hesitation or limitation, a being all ear. It is an expression of the intimacy that can exist between two persons. Here, the one who obeys knows without restriction the will of the one who commands and has only one all-embracing desire to live out that will. So when we think about what Jesus shows about obedience and what we see on the road to Emmaus, what can we take from the story about our call to trust and obey our loving Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, let's begin with the idea that when we listen to the story of the pilgrims on the road, we see that as Jesus begins to speak, he expands the story of the scriptures, and they talk about later how their hearts were on fire while he was explaining it all. So what that must mean to begin with is they must have known a lot of the scripture stories as Jesus connected them. They already trusted in those stories. They trusted in Moses. They trusted in the, in the prophets. They, they, they saw great value in their scripture text. May not always have understood it completely. Obviously, they didn't understand it completely because Jesus says, what, what, why are you so, so slow to understand? But the point being is, even though they didn't fully understand, they continued to study those words and to believe that they were important to them as they walked through their lives. So that when they meet up with Jesus and he begins to un- open those words up to them and open their eyes up to what's happening, they are burning inside. So much so that as he's walking, they want to hear more. They call him back. They say, no, come be with us. Don't, don't, don't leave. Just come and have dinner with us. It's okay. So imagine that feeling in our hearts of wanting to hear so much about the story of God, so much about the love of God that we don't want to let it go. We, we want to hold on and study and trust and see what we can learn every day of our lives, just the same way those pilgrims were so put on fire by what they heard. So that's the first thing. In order to trust, we need to pursue something that we already we already have a sense of value in and keep studying it and finding opening our ways up to it. And so that's what we do as Christ followers. We listen to Christ's word and we study it deeply. We study it with others so that we can be transformed and opened up So here we have two together already in the midst with Christ there. And they sit down to breakfast or dinner or whatever meal they were sitting down to. It must have been dinner, really. And when they do, they then fall into the awareness of the ritual. Jesus has already taught them and they've known for years the ritual of breaking of bread and knowing God and the breaking of bread. That's was that's a beautiful tradition from long, long ago in the Jewish journey. And so now it's ours too, as Jesus broke the bread and gave it to us. So here they are in the midst of this moment and all of their memories are steeped in God's love with them from the very beginning, from as early on past what they can possibly remember. And all of a sudden those nail scarred hands bless the bread, and break it open. And in that moment, their eyes are opened and they know it's him. Their hearts are broken open. Now imagine that in this story of trusting and obeying, as their hearts are opened up to a truth that they couldn't see before, the minute they see Jesus, it says he disappeared. Now, where do you think he vanished to? 
For a long time, I could never imagine where did he vanish to until it dawned on me that in this ability for us to love and listen to God and do what God calls us to do, the one thing that has to happen is Jesus has to be in our hearts. So imagine that when they watch the bread be torn open after Jesus blesses it and they realize it's him, when he vanishes, he vanishes from their sight because he enters fully into their heart. Now imagine that that's the element that allows us to trust and obey God and look to God is knowing that Jesus is fully in our hearts. So this morning, when you think about the road to amaze and you think of that breaking the bed and you think about the struggle to trust and obey, I want you to imagine that Jesus is doing everything in his power to help you trust and obey so that he may be the savior of the world. He may be the redeemer of the world as he saves your life and redeems you day by day, moment by moment. Amen. Sweet, 
We will sit at his feet or we'll walk by his side in the way. And what he says we will do, where he sends we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey. For there's no to trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey